Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. The crew gets some much-needed R&R, so of course, that's the best time for some diplomatic mission hijinks. So why don't you hop on board and join our discussion as we're all going to sit in a circle and attempt to switch personalities. For now, I'm Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek, Strange New Worlds. Hit it. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion presented by Fansets. This week, we see everything that Enterprise Bingo is comprised of and how it's carried out by the two least expected characters in the series. We also get to see the return of the gap of the captain's green wraparound. Of course, we only cover the most important topics here on Discovering Trek. With that being said, uh, you've heard our week's guest uh, for 10 weeks on Discovering Trek when we were covering Picard, but his real love is contacting banks so that he can get loans to fill his collectible room. He's my co-host on the Divine Treasury, Jamie Rogers, and just by looking behind him, I know that uh, he he hasn't stopped that that phase of his life. So uh, Jamie, how were you able to prevent yourself from ordering um, the Tuvok that just came out from XO six? Very easily. It's from Voyager. So <laughs> it's not TNG. So I can, I can resist. Nice. resist fairly. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of people have uh, picked up the, uh, the Spock mirror universe uh, one. They've been posted pictures of it. That looks pretty cool, but I got my one and I, that uh, unless something strikes my fancy, I think that's going to be it. Uh, but I found that it's a lot of money for me. <laughs> so, and uh, as always, we welcome our two co-hosts uh, on our regular week schedule, Matthew and Yvette, uh, who in my absence last week had a great conversation about the Gorn with Casey Shafsky. So uh, were you guys going to be wild? Is that how it worked? Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's, I, I, can, I can see your jokes haven't gotten better on Strange New Worlds. They <laughs> call that one a, a <laughs> Gorner. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It was a Gorner. I'm wearing green today, so that's why I, that's why I had to throw the Gorn piece in. I don't I also, know if new, new Gorn are green. We haven't seen them yet. We don't know anything about them. That's true. That's true. I almost grabbed my uh, Funko Gorn off of the shelf to bring over, but since we're not covering that, I thought I'd just go with the green captain's wraparound that is from TOS, but I did make sure to put on the Strange New Worlds pin to go with it. So so with all of that said, uh, Yvette, why don't you tell people where they can find an ugly picture of me wearing this uniform on Twitter? <laughs> It's not that bad. If you like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek 
or on Facebook, you can join the conversation on Camp Kittimer. Answer a few simple questions and our admins, Haley, Rick, Jackie, and Fark will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episode, Spock Amok. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and head back. Failure to do so leaves you open to spoilers. I must say, I I do believe that Mr. Bolvia can be seen in the green wraparound on the Trek Geeks website. That's for sure. Yep. And I so was a lot want to check out. I was a lot skinnier than too. So it's a bit better picture. Yeah. So check that out on the Trek geeks website. If you want to see a good time. Episode one Oh five of star Trek, strange new world Spock Amok aired June 2nd, 2022. It was written by Henry Alonzo Myers and Robin Wasserman. It was directed by Rachel Lederman. It's a comedy of manners when Spock has a personal visit in the middle of Spock and Captain Pike's crucial negotiations with an unusual alien species. I, I can't help but say I don't know how anyone can have a thumbs down on this, but I will let everyone say their thing. But when the episode synopsis blatantly tells you that it's a comedy, you got to be loving on it, right? <laughs> So typically the way we do this is we let our guests go first. So Jamie, thumbs up or thumbs down, my friend. And why is it that way? Well, I think people are going to think we're in bizarro world because normally I'm Mr. Negative Nelly on discovering track. So I give it no. Two, <laughs> I give it two enthusiastic thumbs up. And you know, I'm going to go on to my little soapbox because this will be my only opportunity to to talk about stranger worlds, but I, I love how last week, you know, episode four, the stakes were so high. We had this intense drama life or death scenario to the nth degree. And then all of a sudden we go to episode five and the stakes are low. And it's like, we got this, all these crazy stories going on for at once. I, I think I counted the freaky Friday vibe, the comedy, I think it was just fantastic. And, you know, I, I really love strange new worlds. It's really starting to morph into one of my favorite. I mean, TNG is my favorite show, but boy, this one's really giving it a run for its money. I really just think it's like the perfect combination. They really just figured out how to do episodic television. So well, it, it's got the episodic portion from the original series but I really think it's a lot like TNG personally for me, especially those later seasons, because it was episodic, but we see the character growth like we saw in the later seasons. But I also like that. I really feel like this is like an ensemble cast, like as opposed to like even discovery, I really don't feel like that's an ensemble cast and, and some of the other shows, but I really feel like that this is like a nice ensemble. And I like how it kind of imitates TNG where you know, you used to get like your Troy episode or your Riker episode or your Wharf episode. It, they're isolating these characters, um, but they're doing it in that episodic fashion. So I, I just, I think it's the perfect blend. Um, and so far this season, this episode, episode five, Spock Amok is, is definitely my favorite, not to take anything away from the previous four, because I love them, but I just, I love this episode. I just thought it was fantastic. And Jamie loved it so much 
that he requested this episode like before we had even had our full cast put together for discovering trek he said i want 105 i want that episode um of course not knowing that his celtics would be in the nba finals tonight so you're yeah. missing that but that's why i wore green for you man yeah it's for a good cause it's for a good cause <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Yvette, how about you? What did you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down? As always, thumbs up. I uh, love that they brought the funny, the whole cast, uh, except for uh, Una. Uh, not Una, except for, um, I can't think of anybody's name, uh, Pike, April, and Ahura. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't come out. Uh, but they were a little serious, but that was okay. Um, just a great storyline as usual. Uh, you know, as we've been saying, and as Jamie just uh said, you know, each episode seems to be, is this my my favorite? I love the other ones, but is this my favorite? You know, so you know, I love the funny. So this really was great to have a an actual comedy because I think Star Trek is extremely funny. You know, people say it's not kind of like, oh, you haven't watched it because I'm always cracking up. But uh, this was great that it was actual, actually a comedy. So mm. that thumbs up. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. If, <laughs> if you if you don't laugh at things in Star Trek, then you haven't been watching it enough because even the ones that aren't a comedy have little things that are dropped here and there that you can laugh at. Matthew, what about you? Yeah, I, I love this episode. I While it was lighthearted, it still had some serious moments within it that were important. And I love the the dialogue between T'Pring and Spock is so good. Like people like really trying to work through actual relationship issues and wanting to do that. And in a way that's like healthy and good, but still maintains a conflict for the episode. But it's not like relationship drama just for the sake of relationship drama like it's actually yep. really well-written dialogue it's smart and i love that they're continuing ever since yvette mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago where uh, we had the episode about about light and how it was about truth and i started thinking i'm like okay what's the one because i missed that so blatantly that i was like okay i'm gonna pay attention now. it was like that one key thing in an episode you know and then in the previous one it was kind of like uh, you know, is trauma and hiding, and and this one is clearly is empathy, right? It's it's you have two characters actually switch minds, but you also have diplomats that are trying to emulate the communication style of other races within the Federation while they're having dialogue and conversation. Uh, you have Una and Laan that are trying to like empathize with the crew and why do they have this bingo? And so it's like everyone trying to understand each other. And I was like, oh, okay, this is great. And uh, so I really enjoyed it. I think the other thing too, is I really feel like this episode is doing what I loved about, uh, about my other favorite Star Trek series is they make the universe feel really lived in. Like we see a map of the, of the Federation and the Alpha and Beta Quadrant in this one. We kind of get an idea of where everyone is. We're talking to the races. We're showing how the Federation operates. But we're also getting to hang out in lower decks and, and figure out what the culture of the ship is with bingo. That scene where they get to sign the hull plating, like stuff like that. They're making it feel like a lived-in universe. And I really appreciated that about this episode, too. Yeah, well, I, I can't disagree with anything that any of you have said because this is just a great episode all around. And I mean, we talked about, or we haven't talked about it, but I know the other crew on discovering Trek have talked about how 
lower decks came out at just the right time for people. And we were, we were dealing with COVID and everyone was in a bad place. And here comes lower decks, comedic uh, element. Everyone has something to laugh at while still getting to watch their favorite franchise. And I think with the events of the last few weeks, like this episode seemed to come out at just the perfect time because everybody needed that good laugh. And we got it with this in some unexpected ways too. You know, it wasn't just like you looked at it and you said, oh yeah, this is just laughter written all over it. But you got these little points where just all of a sudden you laughed out loud because you weren't expecting, uh, like you said, Matthew, some of the dialogue uh, that came out. It wasn't a joke. It was just how the dialogue might have been presented by the actor. So, you know, awesome episode. And really, I think one of the best, I mean, putting lower decks aside because that is its own thing. As far as comedy goes, probably one of the most comedic episodes of star Trek we've had since trouble with triples um, and really done well too. really done. Well, what Matthew, I, I thought I'm thinking comedy, but when he was talking about it, you know, it was very lived in. And I think that's mm-hmm. what made it funny because life is freaking hilarious. Yeah. When you look at it later, Mm-hmm. You know, while you're going through it, of course, no, it's all really serious. But when you start looking back, you're like, oh, my God, you know, if you put that down on a paper, it's a goddamn comedy. But like he said, that's that's life. And sometimes life is a comedy of errors. So I think I didn't look at it that way until he said that. And I think that makes it so smart. You know, what a smart way to do a comedy. You know, it's just mm-hmm. basically life. And you've done, you know, little stupid things here and. Not so stupid things, but they're when you look back on them, they're really funny. Right. So, so, yeah. What's also, interesting? Uh, I was gonna say also imagine as like if you thought if you told me, oh, okay, let's do a comedy episode, and the comedy is going to center around two Vulcan characters. You're like, wait, what? Like, how are you gonna pull that off? Absolutely. Yep. But you know what? You know what else was great about this episode too is like there was like literally four different stories going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think it was so well executed how they interwove the stories together. Yeah. Like how, like they were kind of spilling out into, you know, obviously the central theme was kind of what was going on with Spock and to but it affected everybody else in the ensemble somehow and, you know, kind of filtered out, but it, I just, I, I felt like the cuts and everything were just executed so well mm. and made the comedy so much that much better because of these four stories that were going on. Yeah. And I don't know if any of you have had a chance to watch uh, the ready room yet for the, for this episode. Um, but Jamie, one thing you mentioned was how this cast seems like it's an ensemble and Ethan Peck actually talked about how, he worked with, uh, um, I'm going to forget her name now. I've got it written down here. Uh, Gia, Gia Sandu. Yep. Yeah. Um, and said, you know, even if there's scenes that I'm not in, but you have to portray Spock in it, you know, I'll come in and I'll be there on set and help you out with it so that you get the mannerisms down. And he talked about the relationship that he's garnered with Jess Bush because of the work that they're going to have to do together as Spock and Chapel. So yeah, the, this cast, one of them mentioned it early on. It was like they had been working together for years, even though they had only at that point, only done a couple of episodes. Uh, so, and you can see it coming out 
in the way they're doing everything too, I think. Library computer, data being received. Okay, so <laughs> I don't think we really uh, stomped all over the key points section just yet. So let's jump into that, uh, our key points for this episode. So again, Jamie, uh, we'll let you take the lead on that. Uh, some key points that you liked from this episode. Well, I, I mean, I actually have a, have a ton of them, but so I'm not going to cover everything, well, you know, what else is new <laughs> <laughs> No, But I, I really, obviously, and, and, and we keep mentioning it over and over again, but the Spock into Pring relationship, I really love how this backstory is just getting fleshed out. And, and I really like too, how this show, I think properly is focusing on Spock's struggle with humanity. You know, I really think that that's, it's, it's awesome that they're, they're bringing that out because it's kind of like, almost, like I said, you, you really didn't see it so much in the original series or the movies, but you kind of saw it in some other little incarnations and things like that. Like even the animated series, but it's, I like how they're really focusing on that and how he struggles with that. And, and like I said, this Spock and to praying their dynamic was just it was just incredible. And I, and even like I said, bringing in chapel as well. Um, I, I like how, you know, Jess Bush is really embracing this character and you can kind of really see those early inclination, um, those early inclinations that she, she definitely has a love for Spock and, you know, she kind of flirts with him and, you know, obviously has that admiration for him and he kind of has that similar trust and admiration for her too. So those are some of the things that I really appreciated, obviously. Matthew, how about you? Key points for this episode. Yeah, I think I may want to expand on one of the things I said earlier, but it's kind of in that lived in universe that they're in now. And I, what I love about this one is that they'll take the, it's like the learning or the character growth. They have it. It's like a, like a drop in water, it like ripples outwards. So in the first episode, we had, you know, Pike struggling with coming back and, um, and you know, and, and then goes in, on that mission to find Una. And then when they bring the crew back together and they're having to work together and bring that sense of unity, that that message ends up getting literally beamed into the council chamber floor of that, of that other alien species. And then we get to see the impact of that go out wider and how it impacts their society. And, and then probably the rest of the Federation at some point, same thing in this story too, right? So we have a story of empathy and then it ripples out to that wider community again, now to like, in this case, this other alien race that wants to join the Federation and how does it impact everything? And we get the, we get to see an unveiling of that literally because you have that big, like that solar sail ship open up and they're already flying the flag of the Federation and they get to see it like sail over top. Um, and so I love that you're going from like the, the character to the ship, to the wider universe. Again, almost all of these stories, you have that level that kind of like pulls back each time. And I've been really enjoying that because um, I, I felt like sometimes in some of the other stories and that we've been telling recently, the, the connection to the wider universe seems a little bit lost. Like we'll focus a lot on one or two characters, but I, I feel like I'm like, where's the rest of the ship and where's the rest of that, the Federation around us and what else is going on around us. Uh, it's one of the things I always loved about TNG. It was always felt like we were inside of a bigger universe. And so I'm feeling that again 
with Strange New Worlds. And I love that even like visually how well they represented that in this one, like that council, that room that they're in the negotiation room and it has a big glass window and you can see the Enterprise and you can see their ship and you can see the star base and you see the planet. So it's always grounding you inside of that wider universe, even visually. They're really making a lot of like great use of that AR wall. It looks awesome. Absolutely. And you know, that's a, that's another great point that we're, that we're bringing up about this cast. Um, Now, Jimmy, I think you said it, um, how some of the other shows that are out right now for Star Trek, they don't seem to be able to take advantage of it as much uh, getting the cast to work together, telling the character stories. Um, You know, you think Picard has been almost a hundred percent driven on Picard and then, you know, whatever the story arc for the season is uh, discovery, they're really trying to develop characters, but I think where they failed with that is just that they created so many characters that it's hard for them to develop each and every one of them. So this cast seems to be like just the right size. They don't have to worry about like a season long story arc so they can focus on the people. Uh, so it's, we seem to be benefiting from that is really, I think where I'm going with that. All right, Yvette, your key points. Um, my key points, I, I actually have one criticism about this uh, episode. And the, and, awesome. <laughs> and the, Jamie. And the only, the only thing is, it's like, if I feel like they're running out of alien names. Oh, because yeah. these guys are called the wrong Govians. Mm-hmm. It's our apostrophe and then Govians. I'm like, come on. I mean, why does everybody have an apostrophe? Let's, we can get some more names out of it. I'm, I'm, I know that's probably petty as hell. I'm, I'm, good, with, I'm good with that criticism. Good, yeah. <laughs> but it's just a lot. I'm like, come on, let's, let's get some actual names. Come on. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, they're doing a great job with the, the thing, but we got to remember these names going forward and wrong Govians is not a name I want to remember. So that is the only criticism I have. Everything else. Um, <laughs> I, I don't is, think we're going to see the wrong Govians ever again. <laughs> I just throw not. that out there. They, I don't either. Because <laughs> all of that is wrong. So just leave it. So that's one of my, that's a dad joke I'll put out there and leave it. Um, we so need the my, right Govians. <laughs> the right Govians, right. Um, the one thing I did that is not a criticism, criticism is the fact that there were so many little nuggets um, whether it be Easter eggs or just things we found out about people like uh, Chief Kyle is mean. Why is Chief Kyle mean? <laughs> no kidding. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and why does Spock have a gong? That's what mm-hmm. I want to know. He goes, I think I have one, but why? Why does he have one? Um, the fact that I love the fact that Mbega loves to uh, go fishing, fly fishing, and he has a hat to go with it. That's that's wonderful. These are these little things that we know, you know, and, and it took seven years for us to know a lot of these things about our favorite people in DS9 and TNG, mm-hmm. where we're learning about these little things just because, you know, just yeah. like... Um, just like Matthew said, these little lived in moments, you know, which I absolutely love. I love that they went back to uh, TOS at a mock time. You know, we got the music and everything, you know, and I'm it was that to pow, you know, was that to pow that walked past? That would have been awesome. Ooh, wow. Um, 
Also, we got to learn uh, an enterprise, enterprise Easter egg. The uh, what were they called? The, the Vashta, oh. no, the Vatash Takor. I think. Oh yes, Kator. Vatash Kator. Uh, yeah, the 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 Vulcans that that didn't believe in logic, or you know, the, they were the ones that gave to Paul her uh, her addiction, basically. So uh, the the Force mind meld. So it, it was nice to see. Even though it was funny and we had a comedy and we had all of that, it was still this little extra stuff for us longtime Star Trek fans, which I totally appreciated. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. With, I mean, it, obviously the green uniform, which we talked about, the sailor's ship, you know. Oh, yes. D- oh, my God. The sail ship. Yeah. I, I mean, DS9. That. Yeah, the Bajorian light ship. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. I, I Chaya, yeah. you know, the, I Chaya. the, the, yeah. the, so, the yeah. pet say a lot. I mean, that was great. And, you know, it's, it's funny too. Like I was even thinking about even chapel, how, you know, I'm thinking about like what little girls are made of where Roger Corby, know, she, Roger yep. Corby, how she's, you know, in a committed relationship and engaged this guy. But then we see in this episode, how chapels like got commitment she, issues. She just wants to get some. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Totally, total heartbreaker. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally different Death than what we expected. Ever. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I actually had I actually had that written as one of my key points that you know Chapel's got problems with relationships. She just wants to go down to the planet and get some, but then here she sees Spock. She's like, oh, I gotta go help my friend. But it was really just a way to get herself out of that conversation. She was getting he, away from Dever. Yeah, because he wanted, he's like, I see her taking this to the next level. And she's like, I see us just going back to your cabin, man. Right. Let's have some fun. <laughs> I like how she has like a total panic attack about this. She's like, I got to get out. I got to get out yeah. here. Yeah. Um, but then um, obviously we've had it hinted at already uh, in Children of the Comet, but we get, the full glimpse of enterprise bingo <laughs> we get that whole list i mean some of that stuff is really crazy like uh sneaking a triple into the transporter transporter buffer <laughs> yeah did they know about tribbles then that's what i, don't I was know. a little concerned about that I'm like how I did they know. know about tribbles but i mean if anything that's got to be the reason that kyle is such a mean guy <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, because so many of those things relied on the transporter. He's probably shutting some of that stuff down. Oh, yeah. He's like, no, you can't reinfuse flavor into your bubble gum with the transporter beam. Go away. How awesome would that be? Uh, <laughs> uh, how many of us have taken a piece of gum, tossed it, put a new one in just because the flavor's gone? That's so cool. Um, That's another thing. I thought they didn't know what gum was. Did you guys yeah. see um, what was the, the um, hello, the good, the big goodbye? Beverly had no clue what gum oh, was. Oh, yeah. Now That's we're chewing gum. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah, oh, yeah, because Miles has to introduce it to uh, to Julian as well. In one yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But they're oh, wow. they're closer to our time in Strange yeah. New Worlds. So mm. it, it works. Right. It's a good retcon. I've heard that before. Yeah, that's yeah. good. You, I guess we can use that. Okay. It's, it's so sad that that's one of the lost pieces of knowledge about our civilization. Bubble gum. <laughs> um, and the loss of flavor. <laughs> Um, I thought that, you know, we talked about the character building uh, aspect of, of strange new worlds. This I thought was an important piece of character building for La'an and Una. 
because they're seen as the serious people on the ship. Uh, Una's got the the nickname where fun goes to die. Um, but we see them kind of let loose and let their hair down in this episode and really kind of have fun. And it, it's going to, I'll get into it a little bit more with my, um, uh, with my message piece uh, from this episode, but I thought that was really cool. And then foreshadowing a little bit to TOS uh, Spock's at Spock as to Pring his defense of chapel with the uh, Vatash Couture and then, you know, slugging him, uh, <laughs> but, you know, basically standing up for her right there because this, this Vulcan was, basically saying that she was no good and all of that stuff. So uh, good for Spock. We can see why, uh, why Chapel's got a thing for him in the next 10 years. I'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks podcast network. Fansets Merchandise, as we know, is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek. But they offer more than that. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins for The Big Bang Theory, Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. I didn't change the script for you like Casey did last week. Star Trek Discovery is the show that kicked off this golden age of Star Trek that we're in right now, so we have it to thank for Strange New Worlds. But we're talking about Discovery because a couple days ago, Fansets released the Delta of the Terran Empire from the Mirror Universe, or Universe, if you speak English properly, like I don't. Of course, as part of the Delta's Done Right collection, you can get that in the in either a pin or magnetic form. Now, getting back to Strange New Worlds, we've been talking the last four weeks about the selection that Fansets has. If you're really getting into Strange New Worlds, of course, the Delta we've talked about over and over again. Uh, we have the micro crew pins from Discovery Season 2 and the representation of our Strange New Worlds characters there. but. Last week in Memento Mori, we saw those really cool memorial pins that everybody was wearing. Well, this week, Fansets announced on Twitter that we will be seeing those released as a set very soon. So, as always, go over to fansets.com, put a bunch of pins in your cart, and keep an eye out for that memorial pins collection coming very soon. As a listener to the show, you can receive 10% off your next order from Fansets by using code TREKGEEKS, all capitals, at checkout. And remember that you receive free shipping in the U.S. on orders $30 or more. So I'm not included in that, unfortunately. Fansets, our pins have character, and we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So we've reached our humanity section where we discuss the overall message of this episode and what it could potentially teach us about ourselves or humanity as a whole. Uh, and I've come to rely on Jamie to have a warped view of humanity in this section. So I'm going to let him go first. 
Oh, fantastic. Um, you know, it's interesting. As I was watching this episode, I couldn't help but think of, you know, when I was watching season one of Star Trek Picard, how we looked at the Federation and it was kind of the Federation was kind of painted not in a great light um, in that time period. But I like how Strange New World is kind of really kind of painting the Federation in a good light again. You know, we, we have this discussion of the Federation being a group who listen and who come to diplomatic solutions, uh, you know, um, you know, some other interesting things that kind of, you know, stood out to me is, you know, the, the topic of racism to me kind of came up again um, in this episode, like how the Vulcans, you know, how Spock was kind of internalizing, you know, some of the racism that he's been dealing with on Vulcan for being part human. And then you really saw it rampant with this, um, particular Vulcan that they were trying to get to defect back, you know, into the fold. It was, it was really, really uh, pronounced there. So, you know, and, and seeing that and then seeing how, you know, Spock with Dupring at the end of the episode really kind of drove this whole point of the Federation and racism kind of home for me, because you really see how good the Federation is to Spock in his mind that really the Federation and Starfleet is the only place where he really truly feels wanted and appreciated. And, and, you know, I think he even makes the line of in the Federation, I I'm Spock. I'm not a half human, half Vulcan, you know, half breed or, or whatever, some racist thing that somebody would tell him. So, you know, like I said, those were kind of the two main messages that I really saw, you know, how good the Federation is being portrayed and then how this topic of racism is still there, but how the Federation is showing the goods, you know, how we should treat people, um, how we should be good, you know, as opposed to what we see with the Vulcans, basically. Well, what I learned from that is that a show that's much lighter brings a lighter Jamie not darkness from Picard. So a, not a dark outlook on humanity. Thanks, Jamie, <laughs> Matthew, your, your message. Yeah, I think, I think again, it's, it's, it's circling back to, to empathy and, and in this episode. And I don't, I, you couldn't have, you can't have a federation of planets or really, I think any kind of institution of that nature without empathy. It's that's how it's going to work. And those, the, what are they called? The wrong, go, wrong, 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 anyways, this, that species, the whole time. Rongolians. Rongolians, thank you. No, wrong, 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 Rongovians, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> the Rongovians, they are making such an effort to meet the Federation, right? All of their, all the individual member worlds that they're speaking with. And the whole time they're waiting for one person they're really looking for as one person who's going to recognize uh, what's at stake for them or how to meet them halfway, because that's not, that's not really happening. And that's what Pike figures out, right? It's like, Oh, wait a second. It's, we need to look at this from your perspective as well. If we're going to make a partnership, if we're going to make a relationship, whether it's between a Federation and another member race, or if it's going to be between Tpring and Spock, we have to, we have to look through each other's uh, eyes and, and hear through each other's ears. And so um, I think that was an important, the important one here. And and we, we don't do that always very well. And I think, unfortunately, some of the main ways that we use to communicate with each other these days, uh, like on social media, makes it, it makes it hard to empathize with people, especially when they're just like a handle and a picture of somewhere else on the internet. And it, I, I think it makes dialogue really hard. Um, 
And I don't want to just be like, a, woe is the internet person, but I, I don't think sometimes that this forum makes that kind of empathy very possible. In fact, sometimes I think it, it gets it in the way. So that was, that was my way ta- main takeaway from this. I wish so many more of the important things that happen in the world would happen around a table with, with the desire for empathy like we saw in this episode. It's funny because just an hour ago, I told someone that they should just stay behind their keyboard on Twitter because that's the best place for them. <laughs> so excellent point, Matthew. Thanks. <laughs> Yvette, how about you? Um, well, I'm just going to piggyback off of Matthew because that's basically what the basically what the whole uh, episode was about, radical um, empathy, as Pike said. Um, and that's basically what we got from even from each different uh, storyline, it was all about radical empathy, you know, um, <laughs> finding out why, why were uh, La'an and Uno, why were they that way? You know, we found out that La'an didn't have a childhood, so she didn't have, she didn't break rules, you know, she didn't have fun. And I think when Una found out about that, she was like, no, we're going to continue this, you know, let's just go do this. Um and then Pike, of course, figured out why the Rongovians were um, doing <laughs> what they were doing. And he figured it out and he tried to help them. So I think, um, you know, of course, we know Spock, uh, Spock and Tupring. That was obvious. They switched bodies. They fi- figured it out. This is the person I love. I know, you know, what makes him happy, what makes her happy, what's important. So radical empathy i mean they were radical all the stuff that they did was extremely radical you know so and then put empathy in that you know the ability to understand and share the feelings of another and that's basically what the whole um episode was about nothing more there was a whole bunch of other stuff but that's basically what it was about yep and i am going to continue to go off of that piggyback because i i felt the same way um I looked at it from the perspective of that old saying, sometimes you need to walk a mile in the other person's shoes to know what it is that they're dealing with. Um, You know, the big thing there was this, uh, not necessarily a rift, but this difference in opinion between Spock and T'Pring, how she thought that he took his work more serious than the relationship. Um, But then being in his shoes, literally, he saw what it or she saw what it is that he was dealing with. And he also saw the work that she did and how that was good as well. And so they got that understanding between the two of them. Uh, Pike with the Rongovians, same thing, understanding that they had that need, uh, that they were trying to look at everything from everyone else's perspective. So if he turned the tables and looked at it from their perspective, that was how they would achieve their common ground. And then uh, Una and La'an, um, you know, yes, they had a ton of fun in this episode, but part of it was they needed to know why it was that all of these ensigns were doing this. You know, what's, what's the point of enterprise bingo? Well, you get to have a hell of a lot of fun as an ensign, as a lower decker, um, you get to do all of these things and you're, you know, most of those points on there were, were saying, you know, do this without getting caught, um, you know, an, an unsanctioned spacewalk, sneaking the tribble in, um, you know, s- sitting in the captain's chair, you know, for La'an and Una, 
that's not that big a deal. But when you look at the list, that's like one of the last things that they've got to do because for a lower decker, you know, how are they going to sneak that in there? So they got a better understanding of their subordinates in this way as well. Um, so yeah, uh, definitely an important message for all of us. Um, you know, this week, a couple of days ago, we had to, we had to put our dog of 16 years down and it was hard on the whole family. And a friend of mine was talking to him and he said, you know what? Eight months ago, I would not have understood what uh, you're dealing with. He said, but we got a puppy eight months ago and now I completely understand. So it's that, like you said, that empathy, that knowing what someone is dealing with uh, that can really be helpful when it comes to relations with others. Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Okay, our awards round. Jamie, who would you like to hand out awards to? And the big question is, will there be a fun award like you did for Picard, or is this all serious? I'll throw one in. Well, I want to know what the fun award was. What was that? Well, you'll find out. It was it was essentially nonsense, but it was really fun. Okay, so I my first awards are going to go to to Gia Sandhu and Ethan Peck. I mean, they were phenomenal. Their deadpan comedy was just awesome. How they did that dialogue, so so they get my first award. Nami for the music, you know, mixing in the old, dun, dun, old dun, dun, yeah, dun, dun, the old dun. vibes, you know the. the I, I just think um, the music's just really killing it this season on this show. Um, and my last award goes to the gel on the forehead in sick bay at the end. Oh, he never disappoints folks. <laughs> what was it that they said the gel was made out of? I can't even remember now. Sea urchin. Sea urchin. That's what it was. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> going to be on every ship. Yeah. Federation soon. That's right. Standard. <laughs> And as of Picard's time, we still haven't seen it. <laughs> Yvette, how about you? Uh, let's see. So, of course, you know, I love the funny. So we're going to give everybody an award because they all brought the funny. So yay for that. I want to, like uh, Jamie, I want to give an award to um, Gia and um, Ethan. Not only did they bring the funny, but they also brought the sexy because... That was some sexy type of Vulcan relationship type stuff going on there. It wasn't just funny. You know, we there was chemistry, you know, it was hot and romantic. So definitely bring give them some awards for that. And of course, that AR wall. I mean, yes, <laughs> I love everything about that thing. It is wonderful. I loved uh, uh, back in Vulcan. Um, you know, wherever they were, it was just, it just brought, it brought it out. It was great. So that was all. I only get three, right? That was it. I mean, if you have, if you have one more, I- I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> the writers. Yeah. I mean, the smart writers, I mean, smart writing, not, uh, this is smart writing that we, that everybody can follow and enjoy instead of that so-called smart writing that tries to go over your head and make an appointment and yeah, no, this was good writing. Even, you know, little eighth grade kids could get something out of yep. this. And that's what we want. We want everybody to love Trek and get something out of it. 
you know, and I love that. And this was, this was really good. Yeah. I mean, there were some weeks on Picard that I think Mike Thurlow came out with six awards. So <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to stop anyone on a fourth <laughs> Matthew. Yeah, I was going to go with with Gia Sandu and Ethan Peck as well. I I what I loved about there's that one comment that Pike has or when Spock says to him, you could probably tell that we switch minds because our mannerisms are so different. And he's like, yeah, totally. Okay. Um, <laughs> but there were there are little subtle things there that were that were indicative of it. And they pulled it off really well. I thought that was great. Uh, but since they've all been covered, I guess what I'll do this one, I was um I was thinking about the directing by Rachel uh, Leiterman in this one. And it, there's one scene in particular that really stood out to me. Uh, and it's quick, but Mabenga is in the boat and the camera just kind of sweeps past him, his hat. And he's just got this like smile on his face. And then as the camera is panning back, he turns around and he throws the rod out into the water. And I was like, there's no dialogue there. It's just this beautiful moment just with the character, like out right. on the water. And that will always and, be my so far my favorite Mumbanga moment. Yeah, yeah. it was and, just and really good. And it was nothing story driven. It no. was just there for you to get who he is. Yeah. And so they've done they've done so well with moments like that in the directing to just add a richness to the characters without even that, just just with the camera, just showing what the characters are into, what they're passionate about, what drives them and motivates them. And um, I thought it was really good. And then that one scene. Uh, so that was one really that one scene that was so visual that I thought did a lot for the characters. And then the other one, uh, when the solar sail comes over top and the way that it pans over top of them and they're they're just and Lon's like, wow, that's. And then Una's just like, yeah, or I think it was the other way around. Una's like, wow, that it just, and it, it looks amazing. And I was like, wow, out of, if there was like one place I'd want to be in Star Trek right now, I'd want to be able to stand on the outside of the saucer uh-huh. section of the Enterprise, just like looking out and not just looking out into space, but looking out at a, at a new member of the Federation, like sweeping past you. And I was like, oh, what a cool scene. So the directing, I thought the directing of this episode was really cool. Okay. Well. I'm going to make it a clean sweep uh, because I also had Ethan and Gia uh, in this. So originally when I was putting this together, I had them each with an award. And as I thought about it more, I was like, no, they, they were inseparable in this episode, in this episode. So the award has to go to them as a duo. Um, So absolutely for everything that uh, the three of you said, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, you know, I, I think I think my favorite part of that when you were talking about uh, they bring like that Vulcan sexy in uh, when they're laying in bed at the end, and he goes, "I, I think I should tell you that uh, in order to capture him, I punched him." And she goes, eh, "Having met him, that's logical." And you're just like, "This is Vulcan pillow talk." <laughs> uh, so that was great, um, Bernadette Croft. She brought back the green wraparound. She is the costume designer. I got to give her 100% credit. I mean, if I was Jamie, I would just give the award to the green wraparound. Uh, But in this case, I got to give it to the person that designed it. So Bernadette Croft, thank you. There are going to be millions of us male nerds and maybe even some female nerds out there that want to get themselves one of these costumes, probably for Las Vegas. And then finally, uh, I thought about this one long and hard. In this episode, we see Admiral April for the most, and we start to learn a little bit about him. So Adrian Holmes, 
wanted to give a shout out to him here because, you know, I was watching something just before we came on and him being in this as the second episode that he's in as April, he's now the definitive April in Canon because he has more appearances than anybody else. And in this episode, you know, he's carrying on the small talk with Pike uh, when they're sitting there just observing uh, and Pike thinks it's going off the rails. You see him. No, no, you know, sit back. Spock has this, you know, so he's got this immense confidence in Pike and his crew. Um, and I think, or I feel like we're going to see a lot more of him as this season and season two go on. And I'm looking forward to it because he's really bringing this character into a good spot. Uh, I'm really and happy. He looks good it. too. He does. I'd like one of his uniforms too. What if he was in a green wraparound? Give that. I prefer, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think that, uh, and I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I think that black Admiral's uniform is far more striking on him than the green wraparound would be. Um, call me crazy, but I see Yvette nodding her head, so I think she agrees with me too. <laughs> That's not why I'm nodding my head, but go ahead. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, we, we need like a, a Spock when when Pike said, Are you naked, Spock? Yeah, one of those scenes with April. Like, I'll be good with that one. I'm hoping that we see some flashbacks too of when he was the captain of the enterprise. That would be excellent um, because some non canon kind of thrown in the background of enterprise stuff is that when the enterprise was launched, April was the first captain and Archer was there to see him off. So that I think would be a great little, uh, maybe even a short trek. Let's let's put them on a short trek here and get uh, Scott Bakula back for a 10-minute show. And to Paul. Let's bring back to Paul. I think we're going to end up seeing her in Strange New Worlds at some point anyway. Oh, really? That'd be mm-hmm. cool. I, I, I think, I mean, she would be what? She was 60-something in Enterprise, she said, yeah. so she'd be like 160. She should be young for a Vulcan. Say that's not old for a Vulcan. To Paul, to Paul was around for a mock time. Yep. And she was in. Yeah, she was right. older than To Paul and Enterprise. So yeah, I think she was older. Yeah. Yeah, and didn't they say in TNG that Sarek was over two hundred? Mm-hmm. So, but getting off of our tangent, even though we're looking toward the future of Strange New Worlds. Let's jump into the immediate future. Next week, a threat to an idyllic planet reunites Captain Pike with the lost love of his life to protect her and a scientific holy child from a conspiracy. Pike offers his help and is forced to face unresolved feelings of his past. Episode six is a mouthful. It's entitled lift us where suffering cannot reach. We'll be covering it here for you on discovering Trek strange new worlds don't forget that you can support discovering trek and the trek geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on patreon get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and of a lot of other perks 
If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com forward slash Trek Geeks, where subscriptions start at low as $2 per month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcast on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com forward slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. So we talked about how this is a totally comedic episode. Uh, There was some serious stuff in it, but for the most part, this episode made us all smile after the real world filled us with lousy news. Things will return serious next week, and you can hear us break it all down here on Discovering Trek. Be bold, be brave, be courageous, and until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.